no different than when the Lord speaks to a preacher and gives him a message to minister to the congregation. That's the anointing of the Lord. It's the anointing of the Lord upon her. Amen. And then, and then even Brother Mata bust out and sung a solo here today somewhere. Walking off. Men, men amongst men. And up, up here, up here singing. I don't, I, don't, I don't see him. We love him. Amen. We welcome our guests. Good to have Ethan and Chelsea with us. God bless you, buddy. Good to see you. Met his wife for the first time today. All of our guests that are with us, Lord bless you. Thank you for coming. It is, it is our desire that uh, the Lord do for you today all that he wants to perform in you. I don't just want what I want from God today. I want what God wants me to have today because he knows what's best for me he knows what's best for me I have to put my flesh and my 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 personal wants aside and let Lord have his way here today then Julian sister Pond's youngest daughter where you at Julian Wave at me, sweetie. Is she hiding? Where's she at? Wave, Julian, wave. Jillian, what's the difference? It's one letter. I love you, baby. Happy birthday. It's a birthday. 21, right? I'm just kidding. I don't know. 15, 16, 14? 14. 14. Already into the second year of teens. Lord, pray for pray for mom, everybody. And then back with us here today. Thank you, brother. Sister Walcott come sneaking in through the back doors on rollerblades. No, she recently had knee surgery and, and just walked right in here. Sister Walcott, we love you. We missed you so much while you were gone. Church prayed for you and lifted you up. And we're thankful God brought you back to us safely. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's turn in the word of the Lord to the book of John chapter 15 book of John chapter 15 we're going to read verse 16 we're also going to read uh, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 9 scripture will be up on the screen but we are thankful for those who still come to the house of the Lord with the word of God in your hand don't lose that habit whether that's on your phone or whether that's the printed word but I don't know, there's, there's, it's probably just because I'm old, but there's just something about being able to touch that paper when it comes to God's Word. How many old people know what I'm talking about? I was sitting at my desk, you're going to think I'm funny or crazy, 
I probably a little both, but and I just I opened up my Bible, put it on my desk, and uh, started reading. And I just took my hands and rubbed it across the pages. And I said, Lord, I, I love your word. And I just leaned down there and gave that Bible a big hug. I did. I just put my head on the desk, gave that Bible a big hug. Because I want to tell you something. It was that word that took this old boy out of a life of sin. When I thought everything was okay, that I was perfectly fine living the sinful life I was living, didn't, never even really gave God a consideration, someone preached to me. And the word of God got a hold of my heart and changed my life when I was 17 years old. And now I'm 55 years old. And every day with Jesus gets a little sweeter, doesn't it? Every day with the Lord just gets a little better. I love the word. I love the word of God. John chapter 15, verse number 16. Ronald, good to see you being so faithful one weekend after another and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Come out of that water talking in tongues. The Holy Ghost gives the utterance. Man, we're, we're excited to have you on board. Amen. And just over the last few weeks, we've had Dozens of people pray through between the mother church and our, our daughter work on Lake um, in our Spanish work. Where's that at? Green Acres. And then our daughter work in, in Lake Worth, uh, Pastor Turner. And then our daughter work in Okeechobee. And uh, we're just thankful for everything that the Lord's doing. I might as well say my daughter work in Belglade. Lord, I sent 30 of my people there. Excited about it. We're thankful for what the Lord is doing. Believe in God for great revival. I know I have you standing. Uh, for, forgive me for that. John chapter 15, verse number 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you. Remember last Sunday when we preached about the little widow woman? I think it might have been last Sunday. The Lord ordained her to care for Elijah. One of them Sundays ago. Ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 9. Sister Destiny wrote that song and chose to sing it today. I want to tell you, she could not have been more in the will of God on what we're going to minister here today. I want to make it to the end. Isaiah 1 and 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. Tell your neighbor, 
I'm the remnant. We should have been as Sodom. And we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Except the Lord had left unto us a small remnant. Tell somebody, I'm the chosen remnant of the Lord. Tell someone else, I am the chosen remnant of the Lord. I'm going to talk to us today a little bit about the remnant. I hope you will open your mind and your heart and let God minister to us here today that we might receive his word and get greater understanding of who we are and what God is going to do with us. Father, we come to you today. I ask that you anoint my mind. Lord, I thank you for placing this word in my heart. Father, I pray that somehow you help this vessel to get your word into the ears, into the hearing, and into the heart and the spirit of your people. I know that your word will not return back void. I pray, God, that it falls upon fertile ground today. There is someone here, Lord, that has not been filled with your spirit. Oh, God. Lord, don't let them leave here today without being a part of the chosen remnant. Baptized in your mighty name. I pray that you strengthen the body today. God, strengthen us today. Put power in our heart, power in our spirits. We ask it in the mighty, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody say amen. Will you clap your hands? To the Lord. Put some might behind it. Send up glory to the King. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Is there victory in the house? Is there triumph in the house? Hallelujah. Are you excited? God brought you out. Are you excited God has redeemed you? God's put power in you. Woo, I love church. I love the sound of church. Where victorious children of God come together and worship and praise and glorify the King because he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. You know who I'm feeling sorry for right now? Those that just didn't get the unction to roll out of bed. Those that just kind of said, you know, I feel a little tired today. I think I'm just going to stay home. I spoke to one brother. He said, I woke up. I felt so bad today. I said, I told the Lord, Lord, please just let me stay home. And he said, I laid there for a couple of minutes, and I think the Lord was going to let me. But Pastor, I just couldn't stay home. I got up, and I came to the house of God. I'm glad I'm in the house of God today. 
to feel his power, to feel his healing, to feel his deliverance, to get victory in my heart. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. Lord bless you, you may be seated. What powerful verses we have read here this morning. We look at these verses, of course, in different ways, and the Word of God is so powerful and unique in its application. God can take a, a, a single verse. I can tell you right now that a preacher can take a single verse and preach from that one verse every week of the year and have a different sermon and a different application. The Word of God is without end. It is limitless in its application to our heart and our spirit. And so there are many ways that we look into the Word of God, but today we are going to see, uh, we're going to see a viewpoint. I believe the Lord wants us to walk away here this morning. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Unless the Lord had left that little remnant, we would have been utterly and totally destroyed. That is what Isaiah is referring to. When God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, as well as five other little cities in the area, the word of the Lord tells us, he utterly destroyed them. He wiped them out of existence. Now the geologists have dug in the areas where they believe these places are and they have found findings deep in the ground of charcoal and, and of course they, they say this must be what the story is about in the word of God. But God utterly destroyed them. The powerful thing about this verse and what I want us to launch off here today is what that word remnant means. When we look at that, we always think uh, in such a way in our mind, we'll say, well, uh, you know, it's the few that barely made it through. You can kind of look at a remnant and, and say to yourself, draw a picture inside of your mind and you can see, you know, just the few that barely escaped with their life. The few that just made it out of the situation. The few that struggled and and, and just found just enough energy to get out. The, the remnant, the small amount, the few left that were just barely able to escape. But I'm here to tell you, friend, that that is not what that word means at all. Now, it does mean a, a small portion, but the word remnant gives an emphasis and an ump, if you please. And its root meaning and the meaning that's used here is the word survivor. Look at your neighbor and say, I have survived this Isaiah is not given a picture here of someone that's just barely getting out someone that's just barely making it no Isaiah's given a picture of someone that in the midst of chaos in the midst of disaster in the midst of total run 
came out of the ashes. A man, a woman with power and strength and victory overcame sin, overcame the world, overcame temptation. Yes, friend, you are that remnant. You came out of your family. You came out of your society. You came out of your neighborhood. You came out of your the disastrous world we live in. You rose up above the ashes and you lift your hand in victory and you say, I'm going to make it and I'm going to make it to the end. I'm not going to quit till I hear my Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Put your hands together for the Lord. Somebody shout, I'm a survivor. I didn't barely survive. I came out of thing with victory. I came out of this thing with power. I'm walking with the glory of God on the inside of my heart. I'm not struggling today. I'm running for the Lord. I'm leaping for the Lord. I want to get it in your heart. I want to get it in your spirit. The devil's trying to convince you you're barely making it. You're just getting by. You might not even get through the day. I got news for you. If the name Jesus is on your lips, if the power of God is in your heart, you ain't struggling. The devil's a liar. You're victorious. You've overcome. If you got up today and you chose the house of God, over the ballroom. You chose the house of God over the whorehouse. You chose the house of God over liquor, over drugs, over sin. Then I come to tell you, you're a survivor. You're an overcomer. You've got the power. Somebody shout, I'm a survivor. One more time, put your hands together for the Lord. So today, instead of focusing on the disastrous things that have taken place in our life, today, instead of looking around and seeing the hopelessness and the hopeless situation that might surround us. What we're going to do today is stand to our feet. Will you do that right now? Lift your hands up in the air and shout, I am a survivor. Don't you feel it? Shout it again. I am a survivor. So come on, devil, bring it on. Destroy Sodom. Destroy Gomorrah. Let everything be run. Let everything be chaos. I'm in the house of God. I have the Holy Ghost in me. I have the name of Jesus on my lips. All right, be seated. Give me a few minutes here this morning to warm up. We've all heard of the old cliches. We can say them. Somebody will say, I 
survived and then they will name an event or a happening or a condition or a situation but they'll say I am a survivor we use it for disease we use it for national uh, or world catastrophes and disasters I survived such and such I did such and such the very term survived lets you know that something happened that nearly nobody else made it out something took place that only a few were able to get through I've come to tell you today you have been chosen you are special you are powerful you are the remnant you are the survivor when everybody else gave up when everybody else threw in the towel when everybody else quit when everybody else stopped when everybody else laid down you said no I'm going to make it and I'm going to make it all the way I'm the survivor I'm the remnant I'm the chosen Look at your neighbor and say, what a break. Thank you. Now, sometimes people survive because they make the right choice. They have the right desire and the right passion. Many times, People survive because they're lucky. I know we don't believe in luck, but just bear with me for a moment. They're in the right place at the right time. But you and I have survived because we were chosen. I wish you'd get a hold of that. <laughs> God pulled you out of your family for a reason. And we'll get to that later. God reached into my neighborhood. We're all just a bunch of druggies, bunch of drug dealers. I lived in a city called Sulphur, in the suburbs called Poche Town. That's where all the bad people live. Well, the bad people lived in Sulphur. The badder, badder people lived in Poche Town. And I don't mean bad like I'm bad. I mean bad like I'm, I was bad. And then that's where we are. God reached down into a drug-infested neighborhood. And he found a little boy at 17 years old. And he chose him. You have not chosen me. I chose you. And he pulled me out. And while everything else went to pot, while everything else was destroyed, while everything else has been made undone, I have survived. Not because I'm great. Not because I'm good. Not because I'm special. No, I don't know why. This is why I made it. He chose me. 
I wish I could get that in the heart of one of these young people here today. You are so special when you walk on your school ground, when you walk on your college campus. I wish I could get a hold of every, every man and woman when you go to your job, when you walk in your neighborhood, wherever you go, you've been chosen. God's anointing, it's upon you. You're the remnant. You're the remnant. Somebody shout on the remnant. Shout on the remnant. You and I survived because we were chosen. Not because we were lucky. Not because we just made all the right choices at the right time in the right places. Now I know there's variables involved. I, that's why I said the word of God can be applied a thousand different ways. But stay with me here today. Somebody shout, I am a survivor. Now, odd situations can cause you to be the survivor. I found a couple I thought were really interesting. There was this woman by the name of uh, Louise. And uh, she, I'm sorry, it's Louis because it's a he. And uh, he, listen to me, he was in prison. He escaped. And he got tired of running. So he went and turned himself in. And they took him and they put him in solitary confinement down in the dungeon. So they went down all these steps, door after door, closing behind them. And they put him in a dungeon where there were no windows. There was nothing at all there. And after they locked up those doors and they made their way up, they began to feel a rumbling in the ground. And people looked off a little bit of the distance, not far away, was this uh, gigantic volcano that had been smoking for a while. But it had blew its top. And that lava began to come down the side of that mountain. Uh, science tells us that it was such an eruption that the lava was traveling actually very swiftly. Nobody had time to get out of the way. 28,000 people in that city died. There was only one survivor. The one they locked up in solitary confinement in a dungeon with no windows. Why don't you stop complaining about where God has you? Because I'm here to tell you, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's going to happen. What you think has become your hellhole is actually the salvation of your soul in the hands of God. You see, you didn't choose it. God chose it. Stop complaining. God put you right where he wants you so that when everything else goes apart, you're going to be okay. You're the remnant. You're the chosen. You're called out. You're separated. He's got a purpose. He's got a will. He's got a divine direction for you. This individual by the name of 
Why was she Kikashi? Something real close to it. She was a professional glider. And she was in competitions. But one day, she was gliding. And she accidentally came too close to a thunderstorm. And the article goes to say that she got hit with an updraft. And that updraft caught her glider and began to send her up through the cloud of this thunderstorm. And the higher she went, the colder it got. And the thinner the air became. Until the article says that updraft literally brought her higher than Mount Everest. Now, because she was actually in the clouds, higher than even Mount Everest, she would have died in minutes, suffocated, can't breathe, would have froze to death because the temperature was 60 to 80 degrees below zero at that height. But as she went through the cloud, oh God, as she went through the moisture collected on her body, and the higher she went, the moisture froze on her body. And then another layer, and another layer, and another layer, until a half inch thick inch of ice covered her entire body. Of course, she passed out, unconscious, can't breathe, frozen in a thick layer of ice. The, the draft kept her up there for 40 minutes. She's a dead woman. And then she got hit with a downdraft. <sighs> Going down as fast as she went up. Heading for the ground. Death, no doubt about it. But when she came out of the clouds, the ice began to melt. Somehow she regained conscience, saw what was going on, fixed everything, and came to a soft landing and fainted. And the doctor said she should have died. But what you thought should have killed her is what actually saved her. Because encapsuled in a half inch thick layer of ice covering her entire body kept her at 32 degrees. Because that's how cold ice is. And so she never got colder than 32 degrees, even though it was uh, 60 below or 80 below in the atmosphere where she was. And the very thing that when everybody else looked, they would have said, oh, that's going to kill her. That would destroy her. It was the very thing that saved her life. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying others are looking at you and they're saying there's no hope. How can anybody go through that and survive? How can anybody handle that and make it? But I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost that what is surrounding you is what God is using to save you. You know why? You're chosen. You know why? You're the remnant. Nothing's going to happen to you. God's got his hand on you. God's protecting you. Quit letting that devil lie to you. Come 
Come on, somebody. I wish everybody stand to your feet right now. Clap your hands to the Lord. I want the whole church to get this. I want all of us to get a hold of it. Come on, somebody. Cry out. I'm a survivor. Woo! <laughs> the very thing you've been saying. God, take this away or it's going to destroy me. Paul got on his knees and three times he said, take it away, take it away, take it away. God says, if I take it away, you'll die because you won't be able to handle what's around you. But I kept it in you, Paul, and it's kept you humble, and it's kept you praying, and it's kept you seeking me, and it's kept you walking the road of righteousness. No, I'm not taking it away. It's going to make you mighty. It's going to make you strong. It's going to make you a... It's going to make you a... Clap your hands to the Lord. Give God praise. can be seated. Stay with me. I'm just laying a little foundation. Harrison Okini had pulled up to a ship. They were unloading some things. Out of nowhere, they don't even know where it came. Probably a rumbling under the ocean caused a small wave big to the boats. And a big wave crashed separated the two boats capsized the one that he was in everybody on his boat died and drowned except for him it sunk a hundred feet into the down to the bottom of the ocean it was freezing cold he was inside a small pocket he knew it wouldn't be long until because he was exhaling carbon dioxide breathing in oxygen exhaling carbon dioxide that he would soon run out of air. He knew he was under the ocean. The article didn't say how long he was there. It just made it plain that he was there the amount of time that he should have long suffocated. But they said what saved him was that the ocean water that came into the area where he was he climbed up because the water was so freezing. He climbed up on a little plateau. So he was out of the water, a small pocket of air, and the ocean water had come in, and the pressure of that bubble had prevented it from coming in any further. And so he would breathe, and then he would exhale. He said, I kept waiting to pass out. I kept waiting to, to die, but it never came. And so they tell us after they went down there and they pulled that, uh, put divers in there and, and, and found him and they brought him out because of the time that he was in there. The science tells us the reason he did not die was because when he exhaled carbon dioxide, the ocean absorbed it. And so he was able... The, the part oxygen that came out of his lungs went back into the atmosphere and the ocean absorbed the carbon dioxide. So it extended. Now eventually he would have ran out of air and he would have died. But it extended his time enough for them to get down there and to bring him out. What are you saying, Pastor? 
I'm saying quit coming to your own conclusions. Because when you come to your own conclusion, you'll die every time. He was waiting. He said, I, every breath I took, I waited to pass out, but it never came. I knew I was going to die. Nobody can survive this. How in the world could I possibly still be breathing air in this small little pocket? But it was because the ocean was absorbing the carbon dioxide. And so it extended his time. And so what do we do? We look at our circumstances and we say, there's no way I'm going to survive this. I'm just waiting to pass out in the spirit. And I don't mean in a good way. I'm just waiting because, because you know, this is surely the end. What's happening? into me now. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. And then it's like Brother Shine preached today. God must have forsaken me. God must have left me. No friend, your circumstances, I understand that they look difficult. I understand the rough. I know it looks like there's no way out. But God put everything together. You're not the one that has the final say. It's Jesus Christ in your life and you are the remnant you are the survivor you are the chosen one you're the one God called out you're the one God put his spirit in you're the one God blessed and I'm here to tell you whatever's surrounding you that you think it's killing you it's actually saving you and it's keeping you and it's helping you oh <laughs> you thought it was destroying you when actually it was saving you. God put you in a situation not to destroy you, but to protect you. That word says little, little from you. God will take a little from you so that he might save all. God will remove certain things out of your life so that you can have eternal life. God will remove certain pleasures from you so that you can have eternal pleasures. God might remove certain things from this earth, here on earth, but he will repay them, he says in his word, a hundred times full in the world that is to come. Somewhere in this walk with God, we have to wake up. We gotta say, wait a minute. I guarantee you that everybody in this building, if you'll take the time to think about your past and to think about where God has brought you from, that you can look at the, every man of God on this platform, you can look at that past and you can say, out of all of those, he chose me. Yes, sir. God will come into our lives and he'll take the little things out so that we don't lose everything. Stay with me. Somebody shout, I was chosen to survive. God chose them to survive, watch this, so that everyone else could be saved. God didn't choose you for nothing. 
He didn't choose us just to come sit on a pew. And I know you've heard that a hundred times. But I want you to get a hold of this here today. I want you to understand that there is a reason. There is a purpose that God has called you out. Look at these examples in the word of God. God called out Noah and his family. Why? So that the earth could be reborn. He saved the remnant so that he might save the earth. Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to what? To the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and because of air of righteousness which is by faith God called out Abraham from the heathen. Abraham Hebrews 11 and 8. By faith Abraham when he was called out to go into a place he should after receive for an inheritance he obeyed and he went out and, and not knowing whether he went but look at verse 10 for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God God called you out he spared the remnant so that he could save the whole God did not call out the remnant so that only the remnant could be saved. No, God called out the remnant so that the whole could be saved. God didn't call you out of your family so the rest of them could be lost. He called you out of your family so the rest of them could be saved. I wish somebody get a hold of this. God didn't call you out of your workplace so that the rest of your workplace could go to hell. God called you out so that the rest of your workplace could be saved. God moved you into a neighborhood and you're the only one saved there. He didn't call you out of that neighborhood so the rest could be lost. He called you out or moved you in so the rest could be saved. You know why? You're the remnant. You're the chosen. You're the survivor. You're the overcomer. You're the one that's going to go to the end. Nothing's going to stop you. Nothing's going to prevent you. Nothing's going to knock you out. Nothing's going to keep you down. Nothing's going to slow you down. I think I'm the only one here today. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. And normally I just quit because I'm tired. But I got a message to preach to you today. And I'm going to continue on. He took Joseph, put him in a pit, and he put him in a prison. Huh? He called him out. He chose, he separated him from his other brothers. He made him special in the eyes of his father, gave him a coat of many colors, called him out. Woo! <laughs> Look at me. I'm the great one. Next thing you know, he's in the bottom of a pit with no water. Next thing you know, he's in a prison because he was lied on. But hold on, Joseph. God didn't call you out to make you rich. God didn't call you out to make you king. God didn't call you out to put you on a pedestal. God didn't call you out to put you over a part of his house. God didn't call you out to make you number one in the prison. God called you out because a famine is coming and he wants to save everybody. 
apostles of the Palm Beaches. We need to get a hold of this. There's a reason God called us out in this city. It's not because he wants rest of West Palm to go to hell. It's because he wants West Palm to be saved. God said, I'm going to reach in and get a remnant. Why? Because I'm not because I just want to save the remnant, but because I want to save everybody. <laughs> All the, you can be seated. All these little babies being thrown in the Nile, being eaten by crocodiles. Little Moses is born. Mom and dad sees it's a goodly child, puts him in a little ark. Pushes him out amongst the bulrushes in the, in the river. The prince of, of, of Pharaoh sees him. And or his daughter takes him out of the water. We know the story. Moses, God didn't choose you so that Israel could die as slaves in Egypt. God chose you because he had full intentions of setting them free. I guess... I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's time we get out of this little, small, tiny mentality that we have. I'm so gone, so glad God saved me. My family's lost, but oh, God save me. My job's lost, but oh, God save me. My school's lost, oh, but God save me. Friend, he saved you. He pulled that remnant out, not that so that they could die or be lost, but so that you in time could reach and redeem and bring out and save. Somebody shout, I'm a survivor. Shout, I'm a survivor. It's more than about you. It's more than about me. God called me out for a reason. He called you out for a purpose. We're just the remnant. But God wants to save the whole thing. For it is not the will of God that any man should perish, but that every man should come to repentance. Clap your hands to the Lord. Just a little longer. <clears throat> Hebrew children. I'm sorry you got to go into the fire. I know it's hot. I know. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But I have thousands of Jews. Not just you. I have thousands of Jews. But I laid it on your heart not to yield. I chose you. I pulled you out. And you stood amongst them all. And you said, we will not bend. We will not bow. We will not worship the statue of Babylon. We're not going to worship that golden statue of the king. No, we're not going to do it. We serve only one God. Bind them up. Bind them with cords. Tie them up with new ropes. Heat the furnace seven times. Cast them into the fire. When you stand, friends, things don't get better. They get worse. 
Do you know why everybody's eyes are on you? Because you are in such a mess. Everybody was watching the three Hebrew children. They weren't looking at everybody else that chose to bow and bend and, and worship that, that statue. They weren't looking at him. Their eyes were on the Hebrew children. That's why God puts us in situations where to men it's impossible to get out. Everybody's looking at you. Everybody wants to see you die. But when you go in and the fourth man, like the son of God, begins to walk around. did not call them out. Listen, God did not call out the three Hebrew children so that they would be the only ones that were saved when they came out of that fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, let the God of Israel be worshipped. The remnant saved every Jew. The remnant saved every Israelite that was in captivity in Babylon. I've come to tell you, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's hot. Yes, it's tough. Yes, it's difficult. I know you got persecutions and trials and troubles, but it's because you're the remnant. Don't you get it? You're the chosen. You're called out. And God puts you in situations that everybody will look at. So that when his deliverance comes, everybody will see the mighty hand of God. Somebody shout, I'm a survivor. That's why the word of the Lord says they will see your good works and glorify the Father that's in heaven. Your good works don't mean the good things you're doing. Your, your goodness is filthy rags on the side of the Lord. You want to know what your good works are? That when everything comes against you, everything's thrown at you, every temptation, every demon, every power, finances, marriage, health, everything comes against you you continue to glorify the father and they will all look upon you and say there must be a god there must be a higher calling there must be a greater power only the remnant can do that only the chosen can do that that's why you've been called out that's why you've been handpicked that's why you're going through what you're going through because when God gets done many are going to come to the kingdom of God alright I'm never going to finish you can be seated I'm just going to go a little bit more and I'll just I'll just quit You know why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed? You say, well, it was because of sin. Well, if it was just because of sin, then why didn't God destroy it long ago? Sodom and Gomorrah was finally destroyed because the remnant was removed.
when God reached into that city and pulled out Lot and his two daughters and his wife. Lot, the only righteous one there. Don't you remember what the bargain was with, with Abraham? Started with 50. Lord, if there'll be 50, I'll spare it for 50. Why? Because as long as there's a remnant, I'm not going to destroy it. Stay with me. 40, I'll spare it for 40. 30, I'll spare it for 30. Forgive me, Lord, for coming to you one more time. Will you do it for 20? I'll do it for 20. Will you do it for 10? I'll do it for 10. And we know Abraham's, Abraham's stopped there, and who knows what the result would have been if he would have went on. But I'm telling you, God didn't destroy it because of one. One man, the Bible says, Lot, the righteous one. Lord, we, I know we preach against him all the time. But in his time, in his generation, in that city, he was righteous. He was the remnant. And the moment God reached in there and pulled that remnant out, Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about were fired upon with brimstone. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, stop asking God to take you out. And start asking him, how can you use me while I'm here? Your co-workers stab you in the back. Your boss hates you. Denies your position because you're a woman or of another culture or race. You're treated wrong. You're given the dirty jobs and you're on your knees. God, bring me out of this job. Lord, take me off this workforce. God, don't you know God knew all this was going to happen before he ever put you there? And don't you understand that if he takes you out, they have no hope? That the only reason why there's even a blessing upon that company is because in the middle of that company is the remnant of the Most High God. And you can read the word of the Lord. God will feed a nation of wicked people to get food to just one of his little children. As long as you are there, they are blessed. I know they're treating you wrong, but somehow you need to get it in your heart. Get it in your spirit. God, use me. God, help me to be that deliverer. Help me to be that remnant that sets them free. Help me to bring this gospel. I know this is tough preaching. I know you're getting quiet on me. Is it because you're tired or is it because I'm hurting you? You can't be too tired. Only eight of you moving. I must be done. I'm getting mean. Lord, move me out of this neighborhood. 
It's full of drug infested people. It's, it's all kinds of horrible things that are going on here. All kinds of terrible things are happening. God moved me out of this neighborhood. No, Kelly, you're just going to have to sit there. You know why? Because there's going to be about 50 young people that are going to make their way to the house of God. And they're going to pray through the Holy Ghost. And they're going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And when God's done with the neighborhood, he'll move you out. When God's done Sodom, he'll take Lot out. When God's done Earth, he'll take Noah up. When God's done Pharaoh, he'll raise up a Moses. You say, but pastor, how do I know when I'm supposed to leave? How do I know when I'm supposed to quit? How do I know? You don't know. It's not your choice. Your job is to stay there and be the remnant. Your job is to stay there and be the light. When God gets ready, high hell of water will not be able to stop any him or anyone else. He'll reach in. He'll drag you out. He'll send his angels. He'll get you out. He'll send a flood. He'll lift you up. When God gets ready to take his remnant out, he'll remove you, and there's nothing you'll be able to do about it. But until then, preach the word. Until then, pray. Until then, travail. Until then, seek the face of God. Clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody shout. I'm a survivor. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because you survived divorce. You survived bankruptcy. You survived rape. You survived physical abuse. You survived foreclosure. You survived the car wreck. You survived persecution. You survived cancer. You survived mental abuse. You survived hunger. You survived molestation. You survived unfaithfulness in your marriage. You are a survivor. You are the remnant. Stay with it. Don't give up. Go to the end. Go all the way and see what God will do in your life. Let's stand music if you'll come. Woo! My Lord, I feel something in this place. Let's worship the Lord for a moment. Come on, God's brought revelation to you. God's opened up your heart. Come on. God, you got me right where you want me. Show me how I can be used. Show me what I can do. Let me stay with it. Let me stick in it, God. I want to see someone saved. I want, I want to be that remnant. I want to be that chosen. I want to be that one, God, that you brought out so that you could save everybody else. First Corinthians 7 and 13. I know it's not easy, but hang in a little longer. And the woman which had a husband that believeth not, and if, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. Why? Because you're the remnant. You stay in it because you're the remnant.
But when do I get out? God will take you out. God will move. God will separate. God will make it happen. You stay with it. You stay strong. And when the time is right that God wants to remove that remnant, he'll step in there and he'll take it out of the way. And you won't have to do a thing. You won't have to lay a single finger. You won't have to say a single word. You won't have to do a single action. Nothing will be laid upon your responsibility or your shoulders because God will do the work for you. As long as you're there, you're the remnant. You're the survivor. As long as you're there, your marriage has a chance. The children have a chance. Listen, I know there's some women here that are going through some tough things. I know. Just wait on God. We've got some ladies in this church that were married to unsaved spouses for over two decades. Mary Keith was married to one for 27 years. And finally, God moved in that family. And because the remnant stayed, her children are saved. Her husband died, but he died saved. I got another revelation for you. As long as there's hope, God will leave you there. When God removes the remnant, it's because there's no hope. It's over. But as long as there's hope, God will leave you there. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 6. I'm closing. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way the only hope this world has is the church when God removes us I hear people say all the time well you know if I miss the rapture I'll just no no you won't you can't live for God now you're not going to live for God then when they take your child and start pulling out their fingernails and crushing their knuckles with pliers and pulling their teeth out in front of you until you deny Jesus Christ. And I was being nice. No. No, you're not going to live for God then. When God takes the remnant out of this world, Satan and all of his fury is going to be released on this planet. And there'll be no one here to save you. Today is the day. I'd like to have touched on this. 
but I'm not. I don't have time. Look at your neighbor and say, no such thing as survivor guilt. Y'all have heard of survivor guilt, haven't you? You're the only one that lives. Why, why, did, why did I live? Why didn't I die with everybody else? Mostly amongst army men. It's a real thing. I'd say army men. I mean men of service. Of whatever area. Survivor guilt is a real thing. It can happen when a car wreck comes and everyone in the family dies. But you. And you, you get survivor guilt. It's not what God wants. No survivor guilt. Why? Because He chose you. Not so they could die, but so they could live. And that's who we are. And I close with this. You're here today because you are the remnant you say but pastor I'm the worst of the worst you don't know my background all the more Ex excites God because he'll take the worst of the worst where everybody has written off and said there is no hope and he'll raise you up in the mist. And you, sir, you, ma'am, are the remnant. And through you, he'll save everything else. Timothy said, 1 Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul writing to Timothy to save sinners. And then Paul says of whom I am the chief. God reached into the Jewish world amongst the elite of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin cart. And he grabbed the most zealous man of them all who was going from house to house. And the Bible tells us in Paul's writings that he went into the homes and he dragged the families out and he tortured the children and the women until the men confessed and deny Jesus Christ and if they would not deny him then he would kill them all throw them in prison sometimes he'd just kill them he was a murderer a torturer and God reached into that he said oh yeah you're going to be my remnant you're going to be the one that's going to go back and you're going to spread this gospel across Asia. You're going to spread it throughout the Middle East. You're going to be the one, Saul. You're the remnant. And I'm saving you, not so that they can be lost. 
I'm saving you so that they can be saved. Every eye closed. Every mind on the Lord right now. I want you to listen to me. Sir, ma'am, God brought you here today to hear this message. Because you are the remnant that he's chosen. Because you have siblings who are lost, who are believing things that are not right or not believing at all. And no one would have ever dreamed it was going to be you, but he's brought you here today to tell you, I have chosen you. I want to put my spirit in you. You're my remnant. I want to bury you in my name. You're going to become my son, my child. You're my remnant. And all of those through the years that have refused this truth, they're going to come in because of you. I'm calling you not because I'm leaving them behind. I'm calling you because I'm reaching for them. Ronald, I know you loved God before you ever walked here. I know you loved Him. But God called you up to a higher plane. Put His Spirit in you. He baptized you in His name. You're the remnant. There's people you know that nobody else knows. People you can touch that no one else can touch. And God called you out of them. You're the remnant. Because he knows that you're going to be the survivor. That no matter what he has to do to you or through you or with you, you're going to hang on. You're not going to let go. You're going to stay with it. And because of that, others are going to be saved. You're the remnant. You're the survivor. And that's why he's called you out. Because you're the one that won't quit. You're the one that won't give up. You're the one that no matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter what God has to put you through in order to save somebody else, no matter how low he has to bring you or how high he has to put you, it doesn't matter. Neither position will affect your walk with God. You're in this thing to the end. Because you're the remnant. And God's calling you out. So you're here today, young man, young lady. Sir, ma'am, mom, dad, teenager, young single woman or man, God woke you up and brought you here today because you are the remnant. And whatever it is that He's wanting to do that surrounds your life, Surrounds your social life, surrounds your spiritual life, surrounds your family, your job, whatever it may be. God said, 
He's the one. She's the one I can use. And I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to pick him up. And I'm going to use him as the remnant. This altar is open. You've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We invite you to come because I know you feel the call of God on your life. I know you feel that call to be the one that God is bringing out. But to the church, I invite you. Because some of you have not been able to figure out why you've been going through what you've been going through. But the Lord has come to tell you, it's because you're the remnant. You're the one that God's called out. You're the one that the family's looking at. You're the one that the job is looking at. You're the one that the neighborhood is looking at. You're the one that everybody's watching. You're the remnant. Why do I have to go through all of this? Only God knows. He's the one that's putting it all together. But our prayer today needs to be, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm staying with it. Whatever it takes, I'm not giving up. I'm going to make it to the end. I got to hear you say, well done. Here I am, Lord. Forgive me for complaining. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know how we complain. Forgive me, Lord, for complaining. Forgive me for always asking you to take me out. God, I'm going to change that. How can you use me? I want to be used by you. And I know when you're done, you'll take me out. I don't have to be taken out. I just want to be your vessel. I want to be that remnant. I want to be that chosen one. I want to be that one that you called out from the mist. Not that so they can be lost, but so that they can be saved. I want to be that one, oh God. So are you willing to yield yourself to him today? Are you willing to give yourself to him here? Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am? God, I'll stay in this situation until you're done. I'll stay, Lord, in this marriage. I'll stay working with my children. I'll stay working with my siblings. This neighborhood, God, I know you'll protect me. Even if I'm thrown into a fire, you'll be there. Even if I'm thrown in the lion's den, you'll be there. I'm the remnant. I'm the chosen one. I'm the called out one. Lord I'll stay in this thing because I know you're here to save others I know you're here to reach others God I give myself to you come on church that's it let's talk to it if you feel that way here today here I am Lord here I am Lord
God wants to use you. The Lord wants to use you. You have won it all for me. Why don't you clap your hands? Won't you step out? Your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. Come on, come give your life to the Lord.